0: Before we start, just two, two uh, announcements. Tonight's she has been dedicated to Ilin a very, very chash yid, who was, uh, 45 years ago, was one of the key members of our base Besa- of Medrash, he was on the big valley tulle in our base of Medrash, that's Mr. Fredel Bamberger, Bichil Ben Shmuel HaLevi. Tonight's his 45th yacht site, so tonight's she is dedicated in the memory of, of, of yes, of Mr. Fredel, my son's future great uncle. No. <laughs> and also there was a very wonderful young lady who was next many years a few years ago uh, Irina Bowden uh, just before Rosh Hashanah so any chizot that comes out of the shir tonight should be in nishmas Irina Miriam Baschanah Hashem the Kadmoinim Telaf with regards to Edel they give us a number of different remozim a number of different hints in Psukim in that seem to give us some sort of understanding of Elul so for example we have the very famous Remez in name "Anil L'doidi V'doidi Li Anil L'doidi I am to HaKadosh Baruch Hu V'doidi and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is to me that represents our relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu Elul is a time where we are able to build on that relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. we have the will circumcise the hearts your hearts and the hearts of your children meaning will purify your hearts and the hearts of your children if you take the first letters of again that spells out Elul uh, here we have another the Elul is, uh, is time for Tshuva it's the time for Tshuva and then we have a third one which needs to be a little bit Slightly not quite in line with the other two but something that perhaps we will expand upon tonight and that's the posh in, in the Megillus Esther where we say ish if you take the first letters of ish again that spells out the word El that spells out the word El now we understand that represent our ability to relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu so that's the tfillah of man. How man can connect to through tfillah? Elul is a time when we're able to double, and very much part of our calendar cycle in the in in the month of Elul is Twiller. We say we get up early, and we have extra thrillers) it becomes very much an integral preparation for Rosh Hashanah, and we understand that. And that's why we have the Amil <laughs> We have the Mola Shemla Kechav Levav Kov Levav Chuvah, we have to do Chuvah. There's no greater time and no more no more pertinent time to do Chuvah than in our preparation for Rosh Hashanah. So we have Mola Shemla Kechav, Es Levav Es Levav Hello. Rashi Hashemit Elal, again, that Tshuva is an integral part of our preparation. So we have Avoida of Tfilah, we have the Tshuva of Tshuva, and then we have the stock of Ish Lereheyu Makonis Lejainim. We have the stock of part, because the three pillars of the world are Torah, Avoida, and Gemiris Chasodim. Avoida is Tfilah. Torah of course is Tshuva it's a, a different subject uh, not for tonight why Tshuva and Torah go together in fact the Gon had a brother who wrote the Sefer a wonderful brother whose only reason why he's not so famous is because he had a brother called Vilna Gon so therefore he became uh, uh, hidden in the shadows of his brother and he wrote the most, the most fantastic Sefer called Mailas HaToyer now the Sefer Mailas HaToyer means the Milos, the wonderful virtues of Torah but when you open up the opening lines of the Sefer you see there's actually a Sefer written about Mitzvah Tshuva and he says that you have to understand that in order to do tshuva you have to have prayer. Without prayer there can be no tshuva. So we, we clearly see that the anila l'daydi v'daydi li is pillar, avoidah, one of the three pillars of the, that, that hold up the world. We have umal Hashem l'kech eslabab cho zarecho again so at Shuva, which is sayer the second of the three pillars that hold up the world and then mishlei ayu matonis levyanim mishlei ayu man and to his friend um matonis <laughs> and presents <laughs> levyanim actually the possible starts of Mishleach Monois, islei ayu um matonis levyanim but the letters that make up the word El start with mishlei matonis levyanim so those are the four words that are key to our preparation for the yom hadin of Rosh Hashanah and that's the gimel of Chesed the stocker that one has to give and therefore you'll find many charity campaigns around the month of Elul, quite correctly because stocker is an important part of our preparation it's the third of the pillars that hold up the world and if we can prepare ourselves with Tfila with Avoida and with Tseir and with Gemil then we're ready to enter into Rosh Hashanah and face the knowing that we will be come out meritous in, in, in the din of, of the Rosh Hashanah what I want to spend time on tonight is, is just the third of these three remotes why Elo comes up in, in Remez why it's not clearly expressed in the Torah is something I will discuss another time not here tonight maybe on Shabbat. but the, the, the Elul always comes up in Remez there's nothing black and white in, in anywhere in Torah and in Nach and even in Chazal with, with, with regard to the month of Elo. it's all in Remozim. but that's something that we will discuss but we want to talk tonight about the third of the three Remozim. the third of the three Remozim, again being the which means simplest form re- represents giving stocker but that's very nice if you read the last two words of the pasuk. umatonis um, levionim matonis levyonim means give presents stocker levyonim to those who are improperly impoverished so fine the last two words of the posit of matonis levyonim we understand stocker is very much a key element of preparation for Yom Hadin but what's ish l'rei ehu? ish umatonis um, levyonim. ish l'rei umatonis um, means that you have to give presents one to another man and to his friend Umat should be giving presents what presents are we giving in Elul one to another that's going to help us prepare for Yom Haddin clearly it doesn't mean that we're supposed to be going around giving presents knocking on each other's door and giving flowers wonderful thing please do don't don't uh, flowers and and chocolates they're wonderful but we understand that's not the preparation for Rosh Hashanah that this Pasuk is referring to when we learn from this Pasuk um, uh, uh, when we we see from this Pasuk the letters which make up the word El so I'd like to understand expand a little bit on the element of the preparation for Yom Hadin the concept of Gemilas Chesed which is the third of the pillars that hold up the world is very much integral to every aspect of our life. Because created the world and he created man but he didn't create man in a vacuum. He didn't create man as an isolated being. He created man in the context of the world that he placed him in. In the context of the world of animals. In the context of the world of people. Man is very much being placed in a world so that he should be part and parcel of that world man is not meant to live on a desert island detached from society or in some uh, uh, Himalayan mountain in a, in a hut somewhere at the top of the Himalayan mountain detached from society that's not how our created man he created man very much to be part and parcel of the world and man's responsibility in as much as he's responsible for himself he's responsible for every, everything that's in the world around him and we'll work our way through the level of responsibilities in, 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 the, in, in order just so we can build up to the context that's going to enable us to understand what we really need to be doing to prepare ourselves for Rosh Hashanah the Mesutosh Hashanah and this is something which is in many many of the this forum I wrote a whole sefer on it I'm just going to read you out two lines of the Nisilat Yishom of the Ramchal, just to give us a little bit of the context of why man, and what the purpose of man in the wider world is, not just as an isolated being. And he writes as follows, he says, The world was created to serve man. However, The world stands at a crossroad, at a point where it can be for the good for the world and for the negative of the world. If a person, Has Shalom, would be drawn after the physical world and distance himself from Hakodish Baruch, then the world around him will suffer some level of damage. Whether we are in our own private rooms in our own home, which no one knows. There's no visual misbehavior. Person seems to be externally behaving perfectly, but in his own life, he's distanced himself from Hakadosh Baruch somewhat. Then inevitably, he's going to bring down that world some level with him, because man was not created in isolation. He was created very much as part of the created world and very much in control of the, of the created world. Meaning that the way we behave has a direct impact. On the created world around us And he, and he carries on in the opposite of him who but If he does control and he rules over himself, back, and he cleaves to Arkoish Barcle, ortah,m, And he only uses the physical world purely as a means to serve Baruch Hu, because that's what this, the purpose of this world is. to help us serve Baruch Hu, then who is Allah, he will be elevated. And the world will be elevated together with him. And that's a, a, a fundamental principle which is mentioned in many Svarim and as I say, wrote a whole sefer on it. Nefer is based on this concept. The man has to understand that he's not being created in isolation and he's not in this world purely for himself. He's in this world to elevate himself but by doing that to elevate the world around him world around him means society around him it means the physical world around him the animals around him the, the, the trees and, and, and grass well, the actual created world changes its spiritual level how much spirituality is in the world and how little spirituality is in the world very much dependent on the actions of man the actions of Qal Yisrael when we behave in the manner that we should and we serve HaKadosh Baruch as we should then the world is elevated together with us And if we don't, then Chassid the opposite happens. And that's the basic principle of Gemilus Chasadim. The basic principle of Gemilus Chasadim is that we are not here in isolation. We are here to elevate ourselves, but in the context of elevating everything that's around us at the same time. And therefore we have to be cognitive of that that concept, that we are here not as an isolated being, and everything that we do affects everything that's around us. And when we understand that, it gives us a, a little bit of a different understanding of the responsibility that each one of us has resting on our shoulders in every moment of our life and every day in our life we are not here in isolation we are very much part of a community part of a wider Kehle part of a physical world part of the created physical world every aspect of it and the, the animals in the jungle in Amazon are going to be affected very much by who we are and how we behave so that's not the context of Dmon of in its purest form we know that Torah is called there's an element of Chesed in Torah Tfila is very much a chesed because all our tfillas are all written in plural always in plural tense so that we are inclusive of everybody else we rarely pray and daven for ourselves it's always inclusive of everybody else because there's a chesed intrinsic in Torah because Torah keeps the world alive keeps the world functioning Pillar gives food and sustenance to the world and therefore in itself they are an element of gemilas chesed as well but the gemilas chesed that, 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 we, that we talk about when we're referring to the third pillar that's a slightly different Gemila chesed that's the gemilas chesed where we are actually responsible for each other we have care for each other and we're responsible for each other the gemara tells us in Mesechus Bob Messiah, a fantastic piece of gemara it's, it's well known but it's just beautiful and it's always well uh, well worth reading and hearing the Gomorrah again the Gomorrah tells us that Eshlakish took upon himself the obligation to find the burial places of the Rabbonim the time where he lived and to put a sign there that these are the places of the G'dayim that were Nifta in, in, in those times uh, we know that Arizal did that in Eszal so many of the K'varim that we have in Eszal today in Moron and Fath and, and along the roads between Moron and Sfat were all signed and marked by the Arizal he followed in the context of this Gemara as to ensure that we have access to the Kvarim of the Gedalim of the, the Rabonim so Rishlokish took that upon himself and the Gemara tells us he was Metsayim Ma'ata de Rabonim he went to look for the caves because in those days they were all buried in, in caves as you see in up north when you go to Eshishol there's still some of those caves visible and he wanted to mark who's buried where and exactly how he did that, I have no idea. Whether he had a map wh- which indicated where these kvarim were, or whether there was some esoterical means of finding these kvarim, I have no, no, no knowledge of that. But the Gemara tells us that Rishlakish went out of his way to try and find the, and sign, put signs up on the kvarim of the Rabbonim. And when he came to the cave of Rebchia, he tried to mark the burial place where Rebchia, one of the great Tanayim, was buried. he mine. The Gemara says it just he couldn't find it. It was totally hidden. Wherever he tr- went to and <laughs> wherever he tried, whatever, he, he, whatever process he went through to try and locate the cave and that burial place of Rabkhir, he just couldn't access it. He couldn't access it. So he turned around to Rabban Shalim. He said, Rabban Shalim, I don't understand. He said, I have spent my life learning to you said Rabban when he became... Of he really spent his life learning Torah. so Paltipa Teir I have given discourses and argued and, and clarified Torah equal to Rebchia Yishrakish understood who he was he said I spent my life I am equal to Rebchia why are you keeping his burial place away from me and Abbaskel came out and said yes it's true that you have spent your life and you've, you've learned Torah and your discourse in Torah has been equal to Rebchia but there's something that Rebchia has that you don't have and that is says the Rebchia means you didn't spread you didn't influence others in Torah in as much as Rebchia did so the Gemara then goes and expands upon what did Rebchia do that was so unique that Rishlokish the great Rishlokish one of the Amorim is mentioned in Shats probably one of the most Rishlokish's the companion of Reb Yechonim the brother-in-law of Reb the companion of Reb And and when Rishlachish died Reb Yechinen cried copious tears because Rishlachish wasn't there to argue with him and fight with him over Torah. he is as great as Reb Chiyah, but there's an element that's not quite up to the standard of Reb Chiyah, and therefore he had, didn't have the ability to find the burial place of Reb Chia. Like tells us what did Reb Chiyah do so Gawar like tells us with a little bit of a background he says Reb Hanine and Reb Chiyah who were friends, they were comrades, they were, uh, were arguing in learning, so Rebbe Hanina would turn around to Khiya and say to Rebbe, Khiya, Rebbe Khiya, how can you argue with me? You have no right to argue with me, because if Torah would be forgotten in Kali i would be able to return Torah through my pilpul, through my discourses, and through my, my learning of Torah, i would be able to return Torah back to Kalisol. you don't realize who you're arguing with, you have no right to argue with me so Rebbe Chiyah turned around and said, what well, are you talking about Rebbe Khanina? without me, Torah wouldn't be forgotten in Kali I saved Tyre from Kali You have no right to argue with me. Because without me, there would be no Tyre today. And the Gemara says, what does Rebchia mean when he says that he saved Tyre in Kali And the Gemara tells us the story that Rebchia went and he realized that Tyre was being diminished and wasn't being learned as it should in Kali So he went and he planted flax. And he, from the flax he went and wove nets. And with the nets he went and trapped deer. And with the deer he slaughtered the deer and he gave the meat to the poor people. And he took the parchments and he made megillus. He made... the uh, parchment so that they could write on it and they wrote the he then went to five different places and he taught five different children different parts of the Torah each one a different safer in the Torah and he told them to go and he taught six other boys the Shisha Sidra Mishnah and he told each one of them to go and teach each other and from there Torah went and spread around Kalal and came along Rebbe and he said how great of the deeds of Chia because without Chia Torah would have been forgotten in Kalal said this baskoil Learning Torah is fantastic. There's nothing greater in this world than learning Torah. But you're missing a component that Ravchia has. And a component that makes him so great that you, the holy Rishlokish, Rishlokish, do not have the ability even to find his burial place. Because Ravchia achieved something in this world, some gilu kway shemayim, she the the revelation of the honor of HaKadosh Baruch to a level that no one else had done. Not even Yerish Lakish. Because your learning Torah was very personal. His Torah was spread around Kal He had such huge influence on Kal that come of G'daylim and Maishachir. Now I must tell you, whenever the Gemara or Chazal use the word Godoyl, G'daylim, the word God is always used in a context that's closer to HaKadosh Baruchu. If we look at the words that we say every day in Davening, L'cha Hashem, HaGadulo, V'Hagvuro, V'Hatiferet, all the different attributes of HaKadosh Baruch L'cha Hashem, HaGadulo, The one closest to the word of HaShem, L'cha Hashem, <speaking in Hebrew> is Gadulo. So, Kamo Gadoilim, Maisechia, means you know what? That fact, the Chia, Rav spread the word of Torah he influenced so many people so many people that is Gedula that's the greatest achievement man can achieve in this world influencing others having a positive influence on in another person that's the greatest achievement man can achieve Kamar gedulim. Rish Lakish was a great man in comparison to Rav he hadn't achieved that level of Gedula and therefore Rav and Lakish they couldn't be seen together not even post Rav death not even the cave of Rukhia. it was hidden from the shlokish there's a, a beautiful introduction in the chasam sefer the chasam sefer was one of the greatest gedolim probably one of the most revered gedolim in modern history Modern history, going back the last few hundred years uh, anybody who's considered a grandchild of the chasam sefer walks around almost with a badge on them I am a grandson of the chasam sefer the chasam is one of the most revered gedolim in Talisro, and he writes a really beautiful it, 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 it would be just the perfect introduction just to read here and leave any other parts of the droshe that I was going to say tonight, parts of the shir that we were going to say tonight is really beautiful. A long, long droshe, a long hakadoma, a long introduction where he talks about I assume it's really a, a sort of a, a explanation about himself. How he talks about the importance of influencing others and how that's the only way a person can actually get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he says there that of Ovinu is called Avram Oyavai calls Avraham Avinu Avraham my loved one, my beloved one none of the other Obis are called my beloved by HaKadosh Baruch only Avraham Avinu and he says what was unique about Avraham other that more than Yitzchak and Yaakov, they were great Yaakov the father of Kalisho, the father of the Shvatim yet Avraham is called my beloved why is Avraham singularly different to the other Ovis that he's called my beloved, and he says I'll tell you why because Avram spent his life influencing others, as the pasuk says, Because I know, I know Avram. i have connected to you, Avram. Lema Hashem. He spent his life influencing others. Asan was not just the perfect Av, like Yitzchak and Yaakov. He wasn't just the father of Kalishov Avram Avinu wasn't just somebody who kept Kalatayyekula. Chazal tell us Avram kept kula and we assume so did Yitzchak and so did Yaakov. But that's not a reason for them to be called Oyavai. A beloved is someone who's close, really close. Who's called my beloved? Only I'm wrong, because he went one step further than the other of it, And he was, spent his life influencing others. And the Chassan Sefer writes there that the importance of spending your life realizing how much you have to influence and, and, and portray the Kovach Shemaim because when you influence other people that's the greatest Kovach Shemaim it's not the one it's not the person who is himself the most perfect that's closest to HaKadosh Baruch because it's fantastic he's done fantastic work and he's elevated the world but the revelation of Kovach Shemaim is far greater if I can influence if we can influence if every person can influence another person if a person is able to influence tell to another person, then he spread the revelation that Allah in a far greater way than somebody who is just sitting in his little room at home and fulfilling every aspect of Torah, which is wonderful and great and it's amazing. But there's a level which is greater than that. Oyabai. Avraham Avinu is called my beloved. That level of blacus that level of love that Hakodesh has for mankind is magnified enormously I can't tell you how many fold if the person is someone who is actually influencing other people Avram Oyev fantastic, fantastic and he has pages on this pages where he goes through Moshe Rabbeinu and Amoroyim and Tanoim how great they were because they influenced and I assume that, and he says and it's even very possible that person will not actually reach his perfect his Shlemus his perfection within himself it's very possible that person won't achieve everything that he's able to achieve within himself but that's not, not relevant a person needs to understand that he's going to actually achieve much more by influencing other people spreading the word spreading the name of HaKadosh Baruch that's Oy that's Oy now the Chastasefer had a yeshiva and he spent his life writing responses to, to the whole world uh, one can begin to see that this is an a, a introduction which is really describing his life how, how much he may have been able to achieve within himself more than he actually did achieve but that's not the approach. The approach is if I'm able to influence, I must influence. And he says that Chazal tell us, I learned enormous amount from my rebbes. I learned even more from my friends. And anybody who's ever taught Talmud will know that to teach a Talmud, you have to narrow down what you know into a very small amount. A person's knowledge is enormous. And you're going to teach Talmud and he's going to have to... He's going to have to really try and narrow himself to, and, and lower himself to the level of the Talmud. But yet, says the Talmud, He will elevate you greater and greater when you're able to influence other people. Influencing other people is the greatest achievement man can have in this world. The greatest achievement. The Gemara tells us in the is Rosh Hashanah that when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, Yim Hadim, we have the Melech standing there together with the Tzibul the rest of Kali's role. who's going to go into the din first don't forget Rosh Hashanah as we say every Rosh Hashanah each one of us goes in one by one each one of us we're not going to go in there just as a unit we're going to go in one by one we're going to go into the din and we're going to stand in front of the of Meshama and we're going to be judged on this Rosh Hashanah we'll all be judged but the Gemara asks who's going to go first the Tzibul or the Melech the Gemara tells us in one answer that the Melech is going to go first. Do you know why the Melech is going to go first? Says It says in the Gemara, Before HaKadosh Baruch gets angry, you can imagine if you're, you're based in Shemailah, and the masses come in, and you see wonderful things, but you also see some things which are not so wonderful. So the, the level of tolerance, if we'd like to use that word, of course we're, we're using words that don't really define or describe HaKadosh Baruch in any way but the charin af is going to change throughout the course of the day so those who are merited to get in early have a better chance of rachamin bedin than those who are going to come in later and the Gemara says therefore a melech goes first why should a melech go first says Reb Desto. do you know why a melech goes first because a melech is the primary influencer of Kladishol that's his job his job is to influence to look after to, to, to guide lead Kladishol the leaders the guides those who influence that I, b- ability and that level of influencing has such great meaning. By Baruch Hu that he gets the racham in bedin. He goes first, and therefore the melech comes in before the tibul. The ability to influence is unbelievably great. Inf- influencing another person is the greatest gemilas chesed that you can have. The ability to be in this world, live in society, elevate yourself, but elevate those who are with you and around you, not just by the fact that you're elevating yourself but by osmosis by being there by being something influenced by talking to other people relating to other people in a positive way and actually influencing is unbelievable that's Avraham I till now we've spoken about people who are in, the, in a position of authority we've spoken about people who are actually able to publicly influence we're talking about Amoroyim tanoim, chasim Seifer Avraham Movinu. we're talking about not the average layman but Reb actually points out another fantastic Amorah a, a very interesting Gemara, in the Smegillah. Where the Gemara goes through is ha- almost a one and a half Amudim, almost a block of Gemara, where the Gemara goes through a, a number of Talmudim who had Rabbeim who lived a very long life. And they asked their Rabbeim, why did you live a long life? And we listened to the responses of the Tanoim who explained what, why they're American America to live a long life. It becomes a very strange thing. I would have said why did he merit a long life do you know why because he davened so beautifully he, he, he had the most greatest kavana when it came to Tvila or he was the biggest masmid right or the biggest bal chesed. but when you look at what the, the answers there's something very strange here Negemar says the first story is Sholu is but Repredah now I, I don't know if any of you remember who Repredah is Repredah was the gentleman that taught a Talmud 400 times the same piece of Gomorrah because the Talmud just couldn't catch it and then when uh, he just didn't catch it because he got distracted he taught it to him again another 400 times and the Basco came out and asked for what would you like would you like wealth or would you like long life so he said he wants long life so he he said ok Basco said we'll give you everything wealth and long life for Karl Yisrael and for, and, and for him so Prada lived an enormously long time At uh, this stage of the of the conversation, he didn't know why he was, was merited the long life. He hadn't, yet, he hadn't yet put two and two together, the baskel, because the baskel is not something that you can physically hear. So he hadn't yet put the two and two together, the story with his Talmud that tells us, and the fact that he was living a long life. So them, asked him, why did you merit long life? And he said to them, Mi yomai on la You know why I lived long life? Because nobody ever got to the basel merit before me. Every morning, before Shachris, I was the first in the basel merit. Virtue, not. Don't get me wrong. It's a wonderful virtue. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Be the person, be the medrash. It really is wonderful. In fact, Chazal say that if you're the tenth, then you will makabel shakulon. maybe the tenth is even more virtuous. But no, it's a virtue. But that's why you merit long life. And then he says, if I never benched in front of a coin we were sitting at a the meal, there was ten of us sitting there and we needed to say Bechus HaMozin with a Nizuma. I never, would never allow myself to be the one to say the Brock if there was a koyim there. Not to degrade a koyim. And I never ate from an animal and they hadn't given me the matonis, the three parts of the animal that have to be given. Every time you, you slaughter an animal, those three parts have to be given to a kohen, the matnis the kohuna. I never ever partook of it, partake, I didn't partake of an animal until that's been given. Fantastic. These are all lovely virtues, they're beautiful. But, but why why long life? Gomorrah later tells us, Sholu of Ezra Ben-Chunia ben ben was one of the greatest Tanoim, one of the greatest Mekubolim in Tanoim that we have. And why did, he, why, was he, why did he merit long life? And they said, So he said, you know why? Mi I never gave myself honor on the back of somebody else. I never allowed myself to be honored because somebody else was, was degraded. That's something that we do if you listen to modern media. That's the way the world lives today. You knock somebody to promote yourself he says I never did that ok so it's, it's a wonderful virtue don't get me wrong it's, it's fantastic but, and then he says more later why did you have long life so he said again I never received presents I didn't stand on my on my honour, Vachan Bhamoysi. I was really easy with my money. I gave away my money. Anybody came with a complaint about money, I just let him have it. Even though I may have been right. Vachan Bhamoyisi. Like you both start explaining. Again, we go on to the next one. Shaw Rabbi Ben Kacha Kakar. Bamehrahta Yomim. So so he said to him, Yomal M is takautibed and Rosha. I never looked at a person who was wicked. I went in the streets, I saw a wicked man, I didn't look. Shaolutamid Zabzira, Bameh Rachta Yomim. He said, "Me on my lake, I was never, ever in my own home. I was never, st- I never stood on my kavod. I never, I was never demanding of any, any of my household. I never stepped in front of somebody who was greater than me. I never thought in the, in any ways that were unclean. I never walked for and I never stepped in the all fantastic things. They're amazing. But you, you face this Gemara and you think to yourself, what on earth is going on here? Why are these the. You, you're talking about the greatest people in Kalishol, in the history of Kalishol, some of the greatest Tanoim in Amorim in Kalishol, and all they can give us is small little tidbits of virtues. That, that that's why they merited long life surely they merited long life because they were great great people they kept kula they never ever spoke losh and horror and they did everything right why didn't they just say because i served hakadish baruch to my utmost so i was merited to long life that's clearly not a reason for a person to merit long life and obdeskla points out here and he says if you look carefully through all the virtues that these g'dolim mentioned as the reason why they had long life you'll see one thing they were either Ben Odom, direct Ben Odom Khabiri or things that give respect to Torah and mitzvahs. The, they never talk about actually keeping Torah and mitzvah in its own right, but things that respect Torah and mitzvah. And he says, what's so unique about Ben al Khabiri and respect for Torah and mitzvahs? And he says, I'll tell you why. Because if I fulfill a Mitzvah in my own home, I fulfill a Mitzvah in my shul, m- my influence on other people is limited. But when I publicly respect Torah, I publicly respect the mitzvah, I am clearly somebody who, who, who loves Torah and loves mitzvahs, and I give it that public respect, the influence that has on other people is enormous. And when you influence other people, then you become close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when you're close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're close to the source of life. And if you're close to the source of life, then you merit to have long life. Influencing other people, and these are not public people influencing in by giving a share or by being in a position of power. For sure, if we're in a position of 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 leadership, we're in a position where we can influence a teacher, a rebbe, a a, a rav, a maggid shir. Any, fantastic. But the truth is, we're all in positions of influence. I'm a position of influence at home. I'm a husband. I'm, I'm a father. Your wives, your fathers, your grandparents. You you have so much ability to influence. We influence each other just by living in a society together with other people. The power of influence is enormous. And what we achieve when we influence is just something unbelievable. We we merit long life. If we're trying to prepare for Rosh Hashanah, what can be a greater preparation for Rosh Hashanah, than? The ish The ish what present can I give man and his friend? they don't want my flowers they don't want my chocolate but I'll tell you what I can give them I can give them spiritual life I can give them spiritual presence positive influence to stand and be positive to another person stand and say a nice word stand and, and give cover to mitzvahs show that I care for my mitzvah there's so many myriads of little incidents that take place in my daily life if I just approach them with that little bit more respect that a little bit more care that a little bit more thought I would have such huge influence on the people around me I come to Dublin and I dove them, and I don't stalk. Not because it's us Dogler Mesa Knesset, we've spoken about a hundred times, but just to show respect for Twiller, to show respect. Who am I going to be influencing? Enormously. The little children who are the the people around me, just by osmosis, just by standing there and being there and behaving in such a manner, what an unbelievable thing I'm going to be doing. The way I dress. I walk around with, with, with uh, sloppy clothes. I walk around with a little bit of respect. I show respect for who I am. I'm an Ashamer Tadashatah, I'm a holy person. I can't walk around in, in a manner which is degrading for who I am. And that gives just a, a, that little bit of, of influence on the people around me. So the next generation, the, 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 my friends, the children, grandchildren, just other children around the, the shul see that level of respect for, for, for what it means to be a Jew and in every aspect of our life how we relate to people in in, in Odom and just a little bit more you take say something positive to a person just smiling just being a positive Jew is going to influence enormous amounts of people we don't need to influence by doing wonderful huge droshes online on Zoom with thousands of people there yes they're fantastic but that's not the influence that we're referring to Ish l'rei ehu each one of us to our friends has the ability to give matonist has ability because each one of us is an evion when it comes to spiritual achievement we're all evionion we're all desperate for more and more spiritual achievement and we have that wonderful ability to influence and influence and influence by doing absolutely nothing nothing great nothing unusual just a tiny little bit small little things being aware cognitive of the necessity to influence another person is enough to fulfill the umo, enough to fulfill the one of the key fillers that we done throughout the Yom and is the Yud Gimel Midos. Yud We say Hashem, Hashem, Keil, Rachum, V'Chanun, Erek Apayim, Ve'achesed, Ve'Emes. The thirteen attributes of Hakadosh Baruch Hu that we say every time throughout the the in the preparation for Rosh Hashanah throughout. the say Mitzvah, and right away till the end of Meila, the ilah, that Hashem, Hashem. That's. And Chazal tell us that Hakadosh Baruch Hu told Klal that Kol Sheyase Kaseda Haze. Anybody who does this order the 13 attributes Nakash will definitely respond in kind now there's two ways to understand that Chazal who everybody does Yaseh the wording of the, of the Chazal to do to do could mean to say them and that's the primary understanding of the Chazal and that's why we every Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur throughout pre-Rosh Hashanah post-Rosh Hashanah Kippur, Yud-Gim-A-Midus, Yud-Gim-A-Midus, and we, we really put Kabon into Yudgim Omidus because the, we have a scholar, a promise from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that Enoch Reikon HaKadosh will listen to our thrillers. but the Shloss says there's much more the word do implies it's not good enough just to say them you actually have to follow in the footsteps of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. you have to follow in the footsteps of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and you have to mirror the attributes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and if HaKadosh Baruch is a Rachum he's a merciful then we have to be merciful because rock is chanon and we have to be Khanon. In its simplest form we have to go out of the way to be merciful. But I've got nothing to be merciful about. Who? What's I, mean? I don't judge people, so I don't need to be merciful. Merciful doesn't just mean being merciful when I'm in a judgment. Merciful means to to care and worry about other people. To behave in a manner that other people are going to be influenced positively. That they should see you and see, wow, what a wonderful thing it is to be a Jewish person. What a wonderful thing it is to come to shul and daven Look at look at that, that person, that man, that woman, that child, look how they're governing they're behaving look how they're interacting wonderful that is he's not just a Merachim he's the master of mercy he goes out of his way to look to be Merachim and Kladishol and we have an ability here to enable ourselves to go to the Yemadim in the most wonderful 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 way to prepare ourselves for Yemadim and and be them purely by following in the three Ramazim that we have in in the Tadmoyim Trilla, which we is very much integral to our preparation and our, our Veda. Terra, which is very much everyday life. We all live a life of Terra, Baruch Hashem. We're all following the key mitzvahs. And then the Gemilla Chesed, the Gemilla Chesed by helping and influencing another person. I want to share with you a most seemingly absurd piece of Gemara, just so we should understand how much we influence negatively and how easy it is to influence positively. And I'm going to say over the Gemara because it's the Gemara where a negative piece of influence and it's just bizarre but it shows you and the Gomorrah tells us this story because it gives us an understanding of how simple and easy it is to influence someone even for the negative just by saying one or two silly words and, uh, and each one of us will just take that word and it will play itself in our mind and we'll be completely consumed by those stupid silly comments. The Gomorrah tells us that uh, the skull of Jehoiachim Jehoiachim wasn't a, 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 a one of the, the righteous in Cali so the skull of Jehoiachim was never buried and Rebchir came along Rebchir Ba'avuya and he said that on the skull of Jehoiachim was written Zeis V'Oid this the fact that this skull is never going to be merit to be buried V'Oid and there's going to be another punishment for this skull that was written on the skull now how did Rebchir Ba'avuya know what was written on the skull of so the Gemara tells us the stories the grandfather of Rebbe Prader the same Rebbe Prader the grandfather of Rebbe Prader happened to be Rebbe Chiyababur the Gemara doesn't tell us that but we know from elsewhere that the grandfather as Rashi tells us the grandfather of Rebbe Prader was Rebbe Babuah. he was once walking in the street and he found a skull he saw a skull in the uh, roaming around the streets not buried and it was written on it Zois v'oida cheris so he thought skull you can't just leave the skull unburied so he went and buried it comes back and he sees the skull has been risen out of his cage somehow or other and it's lying on top of the ground again so he went and buried it again and again the skull seemed to exit the burial place so he turned around and he said I realise this is the skull over here yokin and he's written on it because the prophet tells us he's only going to be buried like a hamor is buried which means he's not going to be merit to have a proper burial and so he left it in the streets of Jerusalem but then he turned around and he said I can't do that at the end of the day he was a king Joachim was a melech he may not have been the, the most righteous of kings and he may have been, he, he received an awful punishment but I can't treat a king like that you've got to treat a king like a king needs to be keated, treated so he picked up this skull And he brought it home. He brought it home and he wrapped it up, and he put it somewhere in the house. His wife saw this skull at home, and she went round to the neighbours to say, "You know, you, you see a skull at home, what do you do?" So. So you've got no WhatsApp to, fix it, to take a picture and send it around. So she went and knocked on the neighbor's door and said, I don't know what's going on here. My husband's come home with a skull. What on earth is going on? So the neighbor, you can imagine the conversations without thinking, said, oh, you know what? the He must have been married before you had your husband once. And this is the skull of his wife, and she didn't want to bury her because he loved her so much. She went into complete prison She ran home, and she took the skull, and she threw it into the fire. So it burned. And Rabkhir came back, and he realized what happened. He said, Yes, your Joachim was going to be punished a second time and that was the fulfillment of the second punishment. But let's just picture the story. R- 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 if was a great man, if he's a great man, his wife was a great lady. She was a wonderful person. They had a wonderful marriage, I'm pretty sure. There was no Sholem Ba'is issues whatsoever. We don't have any evidence that Chazal, there was any Sholem Ba'is. He comes home with a skull. What sense is there in having a skull of an ex-wife in your home, even if you loved her very much? Does that make sense? It's just ludicrous. It, it's beyond so yet a neighbor just passed a small comment a neighbor passed a small comment and the reaction was one which is beyond our understanding yes of course the Kodesh Baruchah arranged it all because there needed to be a second punishment for your Jochen, and that's how the second punishment was carried out but we have huge ability to influence positively and chasrisholom negatively to so just to say a silly comment just influences negatively another person that is our avoider our avoider free Ell. our avoider is to realize we are powerful we are so powerful in who we are that we have a huge effect on the people around us no one can underestimate no one can turn around and say oh who am I I'm a nothing we're all nothing but at the same time we're all unbelievably powerful we have that amazing ability to influence other people that's the greatest preparation you can have for ElL. Elul is a time when we need to prepare. You know, Rabbi Shal used to cry that, that Elul has been forgotten. He said, how do I know Elul has been forgotten? He said, in my time, Rabbi Shal Salanta said, when somebody said the word Elul, you just trembled. It made no difference what time of the year. You said the word Elul and you just started trembling from fear. That doesn't exist anymore. Shmuel <laughs> Erbach, he said, over, he said, I want you to understand what Elul meant in the time of Rabbi Shal He said, I was a little child, and I went to the levaya of Rabbi David Baran. Rabbi was one of the great, great personalities of Rishalayim he, He's the talmud of Rishulayb Diskin. We could probably call him the rebbe of Risholaim's zaman And at his funeral, the uh, Reuben Zelig Zal- Benget, who was a rabbi of at the time, he gave it the most heartrending hesper on Rabbi David Baran. He was elo, and he said that he says Reuben Zelig Benget, I want to explain to you what elo used to be like. Uh, if you go back in time David Baran was nift uh, I don't know 80 years ago and, uh, and, and Rebengis was an old man so you talking about 80 years before like you talking about roughly around the time of the in Europe and he said I want to tell you what Elul meant he said in my shul when I was a child Shabbos Mavarchim of Elul the moment the chazan said Yishchodesh Elul the place burst into tears he said it was so bad that we had to bring water to revive some of those who just fainted. The word elul, it wasn't the rest of the year. Rabbi Solom to bemoan the fact that the rest of the year we didn't feel elul, but Shchaidish elul, everybody felt elul. Says Rabbi where where's elul today? that was uh, uh, 80 years ago 100 years ago today where does Elul Elul doesn't seem to it's not part of our lexicon Rosh Hashanah yeah that's when Elul starts but it's not true Elul is a time when we have it's an ace we have the ability to really really connect we have the ability to do and we have the ability to influence other people in a positive unbelievable positive way and if you realize that now we've got two more weeks of Rosh Hashanah now we just grab the moment the few moments that we have the two weeks and we really try our best influence positively nothing don't do anything different than you're doing just focus on the fact that I want to have positive influence on the people around me and change the way you do it just that tiny little bit a tiny little millimeter come to shoot that little bit more carefully a little bit more concentration you're doubling just so that people around will realize dress just that little bit better so that somebody will realize talk just that little bit more carefully be, be a little bit more aware of what we're saying so that I can influence those around me positively, and then that in, re- in return, Keshevach says, mm-hmm. "Kol will show all of us with unbelievable Rachimim. We'll merit to see a, a, a Rosh Hashanah where we'll go straight through. We'll be nechtam mm-hmm. the nechdam, nechdam the the sefer chayim, and if not, we'll merit to go through in Kippur and the Shana Rabbah, and we'll see a wonderful year year where we'll see the end to all strife in the world and end to all sorrows in the world. We'll see refuahs for all those who need refuahs. We'll see nachamos for all those who need need, need comfort, and we'll see Beis Hashem the greatest revelation because that's what we're doing the more we can influence the greater revelation of HaKadosh Baruch we'll bring it to the world and we'll be married to see the greatest revelation of all when HaKadosh Baruch turns around and announces Ani Hashem at the time when Mashiach will come B'Korib B'Mei B'Yemenu me M'Yom Thank you very much